If you're a physician who wants more autonomy in how you practice or fulfillment in your life, you're in the right place. This is the Change Physician Podcast, where our guests reveal how you can learn the mindsets, skills, and strategies to create the life you want without selling out your morals or values. But before we begin, I want to remind you of the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you at thechangephysician.com. This is The Change Physician, episode 229. Welcome back to The Change Physician. Of the, the change position. Change I position. Am, <laughs> I am Melissa Katie. The I don't know. I was about to say something else. I'm Melissa Katie, the challenge doctor, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Kevin Kakaro, bringing you an episode that is considered a deep dive on one of our recent episodes with Dr. Eric Tate. This one in particular, uh, if you want to go back, it's regarding the state of the economy. And let's see exactly which episode was that, Kevin. Two twenty eight or 227 uh looks like 227 227 just a couple weeks ago yeah and uh we just wanted to just dive into some of the topics that were brought up and give our take on it and uh do you want to start off from the beginning maybe some thoughts kevin yeah so uh, i'm just gonna kind of like deep dives like why do we even do deep dives and i think one of the advantages for me is when we have a discussion it helps me (laughs) sort of solidify what it is that we covered in the episode um and with with Eric, I think they're really important to do because uh, I, I really enjoy having Eric on, and he just he's thinking on a whole different level here. And this was you got to think so contextually, folks. If we're in 2020, 2022, if you were somewhere watching this a year from now, and who knows what the year is going to look like, we have inflation. We just had the midterms, and um, I think that was actually pre midterms. And there's a lot of uncertainty in the economy. So we got Eric back on. Eric has a, he's a physician. And then he think he's got his MBA in entrepreneurship from, from Baylor, one of the Texas schools. And he does a lot of interesting th- things. We've done a lot of episodes with him. And there's a reason we've done a lot of episodes with him. So um, this particular one, we're like, well, we know the economy's on people's mind. Let's bring Eric on. And Eric there was a whole bunch of information in that particular episode that was I found extremely intriguing. At the same time, it brought up some some things to consider. Uh, I there was some reactions that I was getting to it, and and we've talked a lot about beliefs and limiting beliefs as well as being aware of feelings that you get. And and I definitely have money beliefs. I, I have some beliefs around money, and um, fairness, and things like that. So there was a couple points. It was kind of I, I could feel myself getting a reaction to it on what was we were discussing, and I thought that was very positive from my standpoint because understanding how something works and then being able to process that and saying, "Hey, this is getting a reaction from me. Am I getting a reaction? Why? Why am I getting this reaction? Um, because I perceive it to be unfair, uh, because I don't think it's correct, or because of you know, this isn't the way it should be. That's all fine and dandy, but it doesn't help you to a survive and p to th- to thrive if you get hung up on reacting. Mm-hmm. And there is some, was, you know, there's discussion about the economy. I mean, first of all, it's like, you know, what it means to have a debt-based economy, what it does when you have fiat currency. So if currency that's based on basically trust, saying this dollar is worth what it is rather than when we were on the gold standard, when it was, hey, we're backed by gold and what that actually has. And there's a lot of detail uh, that we obviously didn't cover because there's a lot of complexity behind it. Um, But the fact about how um, 
in Eric's opinion, as as a more of a libertarian kind of viewpoint mm-hmm. of of how the system is sort of rigged against the individual, and this idea of requiring that we need because we're publishing, we basically, I should say, we create money from nothing that we need to have a 2% at least inflation rate in order to maintain the state of an economy that is built predominantly by the financial system rather than everybody else. Um, It was really intriguing and I hadn't never really thought about that before. So, um, and I guess you can become as like, you can rant and rave about how unfair the world is or how we have a, you know, the Fed, which I did not know was a private institution mm-hmm. run by the biggest banks as compared to a governmental organization. It kind of reminds me of JACO, which runs around pretending like they're a governmental organization and they are not a government. They're, you know, they're a private institution too, yeah. running up, you know, serving themselves. Um, but I like, you know, Eric is basically, this is how it is. Now you can either rant and rail, rail about it, or you can Use understand it, it <laughs> and use it to your advantage. Right. And that, and that, I think that was the triggering thing for me is because I have this strong, and I'm actually trying to move this, by the way, this, what do you mean? My core values of true, like true, 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 honest, true, 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 true is, and it's so imprisoning. Um, and I, and I just get so angry at, when things are unfair. Yeah. Unfair in such a way that a system is rigged to the benefit of certain individuals at the cost of the many. Um, and so that, but, but again, you have to take a step back and say, okay, well, what am I going to do with this? So I can scream and holler. And the only people who are going to, who ultimately that's going to hurt, you know, the likelihood of it doing anything, because I'm not a politician. I don't have any desire to run in politics. I don't have a strong coalition. So ultimately who that's going to hurt is me and my family by saying, well, I'm not going to play this game because I think it's unfair. So that was, that was a big takeaway for me. And it was, it was kind of a difficult one to kind of process is to recognize that, um, you know, our, our financial way, our, the way our country is set up is not set up for the benefit of everybody. Um, and then there's going to people argument, well, we have this great economy or we've had this great economy. Um, is that better? You know, I, I don't know. There's a lot of ifs, ifs in there. So, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I had to, um, um, look up one of the first things he tackled and said, of course, I was completely, I might just pull this up here. Um, ignorant about to be on honest, um, was these different schools of thought. Um, uh, let's see here. Austrian versus Keynesian. Yeah. It's really hard word to pronounce. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but like there's this like image i don't know how accurate that is but you can do your own research but there's just different theories of how this business cycle and they talk about just the way the economy works or you know inflation and all these types of things um and what's causing what and um you know they're looking at consumer spending government spending business investments all these different components and um he, he referenced those two things in his conversation and um, you should listen to the episode uh, just to kind of hear his take on that. Um, and he used an example of like an economy and I believe it was like, you know, there's four houses or, or this house was, you know, um, you know, uh, worth this much 
Um, he makes a point that there's a difference between money and currency. Um, you know, it really makes you start trying to understand definitions a little bit better. Um, and and the thing that surprised me, Kevin, was um, not, I mean, not that I didn't know, but, you know, you always hear about, you know, when, when, uh, when our money or, or currency was backed by gold and all of that, but just him discussing how our system is really more of a debt-based system um, is how he, you know, anything you want to say about that? Looks like you're. No, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. And, and um, borrowing and then that you have to pay the interest back through the economy. It just, it's, it's not the way the average Joe or Julie. <laughs> would think or Julie, like Julie. <laughs> but that, that's a, that's excellent. You know, an excellent point is, is, is this game is, is played at a different level. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say a couple of things. So later on, as we kind of went to broader topics later on this episodes, one of the things is I was very consciously aware of is that Eric plays the game at a much higher level than I do. And at a level that is probably higher than I really at this point in time would want to play. Um, why that is, who knows? But um, but he is like, he is playing the game. And, um, and so this idea of debt and currency what i like about currency and the and the the visualization that i really enjoyed him bringing into this is that current c is like current and it has to flow so the way that money mm. grows is by flowing right or i should say value grows by flowing and so this kind of debt based system churns i mean it has to flow in order to survive and there are some pros and cons to that the the growth potential obviously is a lot better if you're not limited by a fixed asset. But the biggest concerns that I have though is there this growth potential for a debt-based economy is great. The ultimate problem that we run against this is human nature, though. If people did this and people looked at like even our economy, our economy can do so well in the United States. We have a free market economy there's all this potential here the problem is is people don't are selfish like i and i and this is not a it's a horrible thing to say but people are inherently selfish our number one interest is our own self-interest yeah and so what there's all this opportunity for abuse in this stuff for people then to say and this has already happened with the financial system like when they start deregulating the financial system at, that we go back when you, and we, that was the other interesting thing about this episode is we talk about these other financial crises of how, when they occurred in the 1800s and in the early 1900s, just before the great depression and how we're approaching a new kind of the same similar cycle kind of, 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 of picture. Um, you know, we've deregulated these financial markets in this idea that somehow it's a sort of stupid idea about trickle down economics that somehow if you tax cuts to everybody who has a whole bunch of money, that somehow they're just going to increase their spending and that that will just shower down on everybody else. And so it's going to increase their standard of living. And we know after 40 years that that doesn't happen. No. And you can either do it from the selfish standpoint of thinking, well, the more someone has, the more that they want and the less they're going to give, which there's some data behind that. Mm -hmm. Or we can just look at the fact is even if they wanted to spend the amount of growth and wealth that is concentrated is almost physically impossible to spend that money in such a way to just distribute it to the masses. Um, 
yeah so that that's yeah it, it was a heavy episode i i, I think kind of understanding yeah. that I, I will think the other part though that then eric went into is what is the future going to hold and there has been um are we going to have this total financial collapse like we did in the great depression maybe i mean there was the potential there in 2007 2008 that was bailed out um you know and some people say well, that's right a lot of the uh, you know austrian based i think it was austrian based economists would say well it should have just let the the the, the thing crash um I, you just don't know. You don't know what the future. So what do you need to do as an individual was something that was in the back of my mind. Well, how am I going to survive this? Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of it is just prudent, being prudent financially. Um, yeah. Well, and he talked about, you know, fear, uncertainty, doubt, and, you know, you talked about how he's uh, <laughs> takes it to another level. I mean, the question is, what is that? Is that not only an understanding of the system, and the confidence to act within that system, or is it a sense of there's abundance in the system to take advantage of because you know how the system works, or is it less fear to partake in that? Um, you know, I, there, there's probably a lot of psychological things as humans as to, I mean, just think about, you just think about the typical person out there or the Dave Ramsey follow. I mean, save money, pay off your debt. It's more of a avoid debt, but people that are wealthy, they, they Use leverage debt. debt. <laughs> well, and that, and that's the big difference, right? That's the, right. So the, the, the fine, our financial system operates not at the same level as the majority of us do, right? Where they're, they're leveraging debt in order to, to let the currency flow. Right. right. And the ultra wealthy, wealthy do the same thing where they leverage debt to mm -hmm. grow the mm -hmm. you know the problem is is when 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 a collapse occurs is then those ultra wealthy should pay the price and they don't because they own the system and so everybody else pays for their loss so they win when it when the, you know everything goes up and then they win when it goes down uh which isn't fair and that you know was fair um yeah well and it, i <laughs> FTX crypto, there's a big mess going on with that too. Oh yeah, but the, so so what I mean by how Eric plays the game differently. Mm -hmm. Well, Eric sees that the quote unquote the game is rigged, that these that the, our financial system is built in such a way that for the for those of us who aren't in the system, we're not going to make as much. We're not going. We don't have the opportunities for investment. So so if if you kind of follow him, what does he do? is they invest in real estate and they invest in, um, they do private deals in emerging companies where where they're not buying, these are not listed companies. They're actually being early stage investors. Sometimes people will call that like angel investing and things like that. Um, and he doesn't, if I'm, if this is correct, he doesn't do anything about like, like pre-tax retirement savings. And that's why I'm saying he plays a different level. Is he, if, if to understand this well enough to say, I am not going to take a known tax break with this and invest in a, in a, in the public markets, who I believe, I'm not saying I believe, saying if potentially maybe this, if I was like someone like Eric, that I see is this game is being rigged with sort of a fixed upside and a lot of downside. So I'm going to take my money and I'm going to invest it in these private deals, right? That's called for me is playing at a different level because you have to understand what that means to invest into these, these, um, you know, these real estate deals and then being able to identify 
early stage companies that have huge growth potential and then be able to, to invest in those effectively. Um, for those of us who don't potentially have those skills and or are may not be interested in learning those skills at this point in time, like I would still argue that unless you're retiring tomorrow, it still makes sense to take that task advantage up front. So if you are not going for uber, uber, uber wealthy, and Eric is going for uber, uber, uber wealthy, I remember, I mean, he's got a, a range of where he wants to be that is significantly higher than most Americans are. And that's great. I mean, and Eric's a good guy and I hope he gets there. But for those of us who aren't, like I would, even though I know that the the game isn't set up in the right way, I still think like broad stock index funds makes a lot of sense if you are not someone who wants to spend a lot of time on that. Well, there is some upside and downside, but over time, the markets have to go up unless the world ends, <laughs> in which case it doesn't matter. Yeah. Then, you know, you know, the way that you protect yourself is in, is in a broad-based index fund that are generally low cost. And yes, they're going to go up and down, but these down frames become an excellent opportunity to put, to invest. You will not have the upside of somebody who was a early stage investor in something like Facebook. But for the rest of us, I still think it's not a bad idea as long as you're conscious of it, right? And he was bringing up stuff about, you know, um, the, the, the PE ratios about, about the valuations to actually the value of the company. And that's a very great point. And, to, and if you're looking at stocks and trying to play that game with individual stocks, it becomes extraordinarily difficult. Or you just recognize that it goes up and down and there are times when it's down and that may be better. And there are times that it's up and you don't time the market. You just, instead of trying to put money to, you know, the time in the market is more important than timing the environment. So that's, I would, I kind of disagreed. We didn't really get into that as much, but his basically is like, I'm out, I'm not doing it. And this is what I'm going to do. And he's got the skills to do it. Yeah. I don't have those skills. So I'm going to still leverage that advantage to to do tax returns accounts, invest in those things with the idea that, yes, maybe our financial system has all the stuff going against it and that the, you know, these financial firms are just rigging the hell out of it, which they are. Um, but it's easier. It's the lazy man's way is I can sort of piggyback onto it and kind of latch on and still get some benefits for me and my family. I may not be optimizing them. Um, but I'm not doing nothing. Like, I think the worst thing to do is just say, oh, I don't trust the markets. I, I think they're all bogus. I'm not going to invest. I'm just going to put my money on my under my mattress. That doesn't work. Yeah. Not that with the way work. inflation and everything else yeah, is that, that doesn't work. And so if you're going to play the game and you know the game, play the game. Or, but if you don't understand the game or just aware of the game, like at least I feel like I'm a little bit of aware of the game. Just, you know, I'm still going to do the things I do. I've just been doing them much more intentionally. And I'm not like, you know, you know, this is the other thing is, is people who have not seen a down, uh, a market go down. Don't, that doesn't mean take all your money out. Like don't freak out on this stuff. Just recognize that currency flows. The ocean of economy goes up and down, relax. And, you know, when it goes down, that's a great place to put money in. When it goes up, that's a great place to put money in. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's kind of, I guess is, is recognizing what your strengths are recognizing. Yeah. The game is rigged, but you can play the game at your level in such a way that you're going to benefit. You may not become uber, 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 uber wealthy, but your downside risks are also a lot lower too. Yeah. So, or you can also, I mean, if you're a physician and you're part of this community and you want to be connected with someone who's uber 
intelligent about this kind of thing, who does a lot of due diligence on his own, it might be good to learn a little bit from, you know, someone like Eric Tate and be part of, you know, possibilities of investments in the future with him, because that versus doing it on your own um, might be wiser. Um, you know, I've, I've definitely, I echo what you're saying there, Kevin. I obviously, I obviously dabble in a lot of um, self-directed kind of investments. And, um, you know, I own a home, I've invested in a couple flips, I've invested in a couple uh, multiple multifamily, um, but, you know, but those are with some real reputable companies that have been around for decades. Yeah. So um, if not, you know, someone like, you know, Eric, who, you know, they're, they do a lot of due diligence um, and there's no guarantee in anything anyway. So, you know, mm-hmm. that, but I have recognized the value of, of real estate. I, I, I have personally experienced that, seeing people around me with it. And so sometimes it's what you're comfortable with, you know, sometimes it's, um, or it's just an opportunity or the people you're associated with. And there's an awareness and the resources to enable you to like put, dip your you know toe in the water, so to speak. Um, the one thing I was going to mention that I thought was critical for me to just think of myself in a different way other than like an employee um, was the rich dad poor dad and like you said whether you like his politics or not or who he associates with is work be you know aside from uh, these really important lessons to learn um, but there's uh, there are quite a few books out there but I would have to say I've read at least two or three of his books and they're very easy to read and it flips your beliefs on its head a lot of times if you're coming from a very, let's just say, grew up in a typical American household. Financially illiterate, you're going to say. Yeah, that. well, yeah. That's, that's, that's basically it. Um, so I really, I like that recommendation. And I want to I, I bring that point because there's a lot of criticism about Kiyosaki. Um, mm-hmm. and, he's helped a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah. And he's helped a lot of people, but I think it really comes down to is what he's done with his books. Cause I have two of them as well. And I, and it was the same, you read them and they're really easy to read. And then they, they, what they do is there, you know, you kind of look at things. There's what the why's the how's what next is sort of like a a learning framework to kind of visualize how you teach something. And the what's and the why's gives you the like the strategic principle and the reasoning behind why that that strategy is super important the how-to is the direct application of it and what most of us want as novices is the how-to how do i do this Mm -hmm. um but really if you understand the what's and the why's which is harder but then you know how to apply the Mm how-to and what kiyosaki has done very very well uh, is like most great marketers is he can communicates the what's and why's extraordinarily well. And so what I think people struggle with is because it doesn't spell out the how to do it exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think people get frustrated because they read something and they're like, I'm going to be, you know, rich dad versus poor dad or whatever the cash flow quadrant was another really good one. And if it doesn't, and it doesn't tell you exactly how to do it. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why. But if you understand or at least look at, become aware of the principles that are being discussed, uh, again, you may not duplicate what they're doing, but it, it, it increases your level of awareness what's potentially there, what the possibilities are. And then the more that you learn, the more you may find a how-to strategy. You know, the how-to is where 
you know, if you have the how-to to do something uh, systematic, systematically, you know, that's like a, a multi-million dollar business. Um, but the how-tos, <laughs> I should say, if you had a choice between knowing the what's and why's really, really well, the principles versus mm -hmm. just the how-tos, I would go with the what's and why's all the time because then you can design your own how-tos versus if you have a how-tos, but you don't understand what or why those principles are in that. Like why, you know, someone just says, well, real estate is the way to, to do it. And then you don't understand the principles of real estate investment. And then you're like, oh, this is great. And then just start pouring money in there. How to, well, how do you, how do you do this? You put money here, you put money here, put money here. And then 2008 happens. And then all of a sudden you, you were doing this and you don't realize, oh, wait a second. There's all, there's, there's these strategies and principles behind there that I was not aware of. All I knew is these action. Um, then you can lose everything. And then regaining it becomes almost impossible because you still don't know the strategies behind it. And I'm just picking on real estate because you mentioned real yeah. estate, but it could be anything. It'd be individual stock investment. Like I, when I first uh, started looking at, um, I think it was after I rich, rich dad, but I was looking at like all these stock traders and I think the stock traders make more money by selling their books on how to stock trade than mm -hmm. actually telling, saying stocks and they're, you know, patterns and, you know, look at this. And when it falls here, then you buy, there's a guy who made a, I mean, literally a, a multi-million dollar business selling people software and books on this stuff. Um, but it's the, it's the strategies that are most important things, the what's and why's not the, not the, not the how to's, although the how to's is what everybody wants to buy. Yeah. Well, to reflect on a real estate um, term foundation, uh, <laughs> like the financial foundation needs to be there in order for you to build whatever kind of house, so to speak, or your how to, um, whatever you decide to do with that foundation. But I think, I think you're probably, cause I always think of the grid. Um, when I think the of cash flow project. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that grid is really, um, I, I, I remember reading that for the first time and just going, well, yeah. <laughs> not the way well, you thought about the work you did or how you could make a living or create wealth I should say yeah yeah um, uh super interesting yeah and then the one of the last things I wanted to mention um is how he kind of stopped you and like I don't know I can't remember in what context he said it but Eric was like um you need to ask yourself why and then then once you get the answer, ask why again and ask yourself why five times to really understand what it is you really truly want. I don't know. Any comments about that? Yeah. The five waves, five whys is out of um, product development or process development. Okay. And, uh, and it's really hard. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever done it. No. But you can, you can apply it to like anything. So I think oh, yeah. that. I think it's part of Kai. I think it's Kaizen. Like the, that's, the whole, that's going deep in. It is. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and if I'm remembering correctly, it, it has to, again, like the process of Kai, like optimization of a process kind of a deal. Yeah. Um, but you can do it for virtually anything. And it sounds, oh, well, five whys, that's easy. Well, no, it's not. Why do you want to do this? Or why, you know, why do you want a million dollars? Well, I want a million dollars. So I'm going to be rich. Okay. Why do you want to be rich? Well, I want to be, not have to worry about money. Um, why don't you want to worry about money? Because blah, blah, blah. And, and, and so it's, it's, it starts off and you're like super easy, but the deeper you get and you find out like, I want to be rich because I grew up in a household that was struggling to survive every day. And that sense of insecurity scares me to death. And I don't ever want to feel it again. Hmm. And then once you get there, then you're like, oh, that's where some insights come from.
Yeah. And then, you know, allows you kind of address these issues. And yeah, so I, I, I do like the five whys. I don't do it all the time yeah. for sure, because it's super hard. Yeah. Uh, um, and he's trying to do it as it's, it's a good, the other thing is, is like knowledge assessment. If you really know something, then you should be able to go deep relatively easily. Well, what's mm -hmm. the what's superficial level, second level, third, and what's the kind of the core principles behind it? Yeah. But yeah. My visor is awesome. I liked, I'm going to say my little thing uh -huh. is when you talked about staying low on the Maslow's yes, yes. hierarchy. Yes. So, and, and it's, and it's interesting because you do it and then you're like, Oh, wait a second. I've, I've been to Eric's investment presentations, which are excellent. And I would highly recommend yeah. that you do those either through urban capital network or uh, Vernonville asset management. And if you go to, um, Vernonville, I think it's Vernonville. Yeah, Vernonville.com. Vernonville.com, you can sign up for those. Um, it was, what, what did he say? Uh, coffee, weed. Um, coffee, weed, chocolate? No. Chocolate, yeah, coffee, weed, chocolate. And wine? Oh, wine, chocolate, weed. And, and, and I just lost the other one. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and then the other part was, um, and then the other part with with going low on the uh, with going low on Maslow's hierarchy. So there was like he invests during in commercial real estate and kind of not not the high end hotels or whatever. But but uh, um, I, I can't remember what the last investment was. But everyone these, needs these, a place. <laughs> everyone needs a place to live. Everyone needs a place to this. And then the wine, the weed, the chocolate, and the coffee are the vices that people have that are going to pretty much be there no matter what life. is going on. <laughs> yeah. um, and and it's true, right? And it's yeah. it's like, wow, okay, right in yeah. front so of I, you. Yeah, I I I really I really enjoyed those, and it kind of uh, <laughs> it was fun, and it kind of it's, oh, well, okay, what what what's interesting there? Yeah, you know, and it's yeah. not in that in the other part. This is not like all the crazy stuff, like all this. It is much. There's a quote from Jeff Bezos about um, how all these companies. This is not the quote, obviously, can't remember it. But the principles being is all these companies are trying to predict what the next future is going to be, like mm -hmm. what's next. Mm -hmm. And one of the focuses on Amazon is what isn't going to change. So ten, he's like, ten years from now, we don't know what the technology is, what's going to be available. But he's like, pretty much guarantee people, guarantee people are going to want low prices, and they're going to want it fast and want it conveniently. <laughs> and if you build your business on what doesn't change then, or yeah. you, and if, if this goes to investments or really planning, what doesn't change, mm -hmm. that is in many ways, way more powerful than this idea of and trying to anticipate or being able to, you know, the future is going to have this. We are super, super bad at predicting the future, Yeah, but we're pretty good at, if, if you take the time to do it, to recognize, well, what, you know, what don't you want to chase? 10 years from now, you're probably going to want to be close to your family as long as you love your family. 10 years from now, you're probably going to want to eat food. You know, so so we may not all be in, in you know, in Google glasses or whatever, these crazy things. And some of them hit, but a lot of them don't. So yeah. focus on what, um, what doesn't change. Agreed. Yeah. Well, do you want to take us out with a little conclusion or a little conclusion here? I will conclude. I'll just say. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us on this deep Dave about deep Dave, the deep Dave, deep Dave. the deep Dave. No, that's deep... one of our coming up guests. <laughs> We're going to have a guest. Yeah. One of our returning guests, uh, our deep dive around Dr. Eric Tate. Obviously this would be better if you've watched that episode, which was 227 on the state of the economy. Um, as always, we would love to hear your feedback. So you can email me directly at drkevin at the and until next time, stay well. 
Take care. Thank you for joining us today on the Change Physician Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by going to thechangephysician.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you simply by joining the community at thechangephysician.com.